Today we are interviewing Heshi Tischler. Heshi Tischler is running for the city council seat in the 40th district in New York. This district was previously held by Chaim Deitch and represents Brighton Beach, Manhattan Beach, Sheepshead Bay, Homecrest, and Midwood. Heshi is a controversial figure, with many who praise him and many who very much dislike him. Today, Heshi has agreed to join me in today's podcast for News for the Jews, and I hope you all enjoy. You're running for office. Why? You're not even introducing me. Well, everyone knows you are, Heshi Tischler, for sure. Councilman, 40th District, right? Correct. I love you very yeah, good. That's go. how good looking you are. <laughs> you're a good looking guy, too, not just no, on the video. No, you lie. I'm not giving you any money. <laughs> <laughs> so, that. why am I running? And, and I'll be honest with you, that is a good question, and that was my wife asked me that question. Mm-hmm. So, um, as you know, I, I don't know if you know, but me and Linda have served this community for 31 years that we're married. I've been doing it much longer. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've taken in many kids. People call them foster kids. Sometimes I slip and say that word myself. They're not. They're, sometimes a young kid just needs a break, a place to stay, a year, two years, three years, weekends, holidays, We've married off a whole bunch of them. Um, so me and Linda, over the years, besides our three children, have taken in many kids in the community. We volunteer, me and my son Avram, in a youth center here in Borough Park, where we have 50, 60 kids, three times a week. I've been going to the hospital for over 35 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a food distribution program. It's called Sheva Sachem, not me. I'm a volunteer there with Rabbi Fish. And um, what we do is we package... 141 boxes for families. I'm talking, we don't just give you a breakfast or a dirty, uh, you know, a lunch like the city gives. We package chicken, fish, cook. We beg for challahs. You're talking our packages run a family of five or six for an entire Shabbos. And we know you're scrimping and scraping and trying to make a little less and pushing it to Sunday. So we know our families are in need. And we have a foundation in the family. So me and Linda have been doing this. Plus, I have a regular day job. Mm. Plus, Linda helps me with our work. Plus, I have community service besides the hospital in the morning and besides our nightly programs and my radio show. So we've done this a long time. It was time for me to retire December 31st, Mm. this year, this past year. And um, we were going, and I was going to turn over my business, which has become pretty successful. I have... 14 employees, a partner. Uh, we built this new business after I finished my developing business. And I was turning it over to my workers and my partner. This I have nothing the, to do with it. The licensing yeah. business? The licensing, the expediting, the architect, the going to ECB court, filing violations, helping people get plans, permits, fighting the city, the DOB, the HPD, and all of that stuff. And um, I told Linda we're done. And when I they shut us down for four months and they tortured my community and not just my community Borough Park where I live mm. Flatbush Midwood Sheepshead Bay Brighton Beach Bushwick and I work in all five boroughs so don't think I only work for the Jewish community don't think I only work for the Muslim community don't think I only work for the Latino community or the Asian community I work in all five boroughs right. and we've taken in a Muslim girl we've taken in a black kid we've two of them now, if I could have one guy who's 40 years old who, whose kids call me Uncle Ashi. Mm-hmm. Um, we've taken in a, a Latino child. We've taken in non-religious Jews. Uh, uh, so our time was done. Me and Linda are a little older now. When they closed us down and they started punishing and finding my fellow people, 
and I'm seeing people crying and I'm seeing I have 104 suicides in my hospital. And you're gonna say, well, actually they're druggies, uh, they're kids. No, 22 year old mothers, a 31 year old electrician just lost it, you know. Uh, you're sad, you see people, 1400 people dying because my, my hospital where I volunteer, where I like the people is mistreating my own neighbors. 1,400 people die. Mm. And, and don't tell me COVID. I know, Heshi, you're crazy about COVID. No, it's mistreatment. Not giving a guy a bottle of water for two days, stealing his cell phone, not letting residents in. I just went through a, a terrible personal thing with my daughter-in-law. She got sick. And thank God, with, because I have some kind of prestige and power, I'm able to threaten the hospitals because I got a lot of people in during COVID. Mm. And I was able to stay with my daughter-in-law all the time, my son and family. And thank God, because they, she almost died. They almost killed her too. And we wouldn't let them. We put in our own doctors. We transferred her from hospital to hospital during COVID, but nobody could do that. How many other people have lost their family? Why do you think I'm going to go after the nursing homes and hospitals? So back to your question, why? Yeah. So meaning, meaning, first of all, it sounds like you did a really good job. I've and tried to do a good job. Right. To the best that I could, but, but so now, why necessarily go for office? Why? Uh, I'm going to explain to you why. On, in June, the kids for four months were struggling and suffering. Open it up. Thank you. In June, as you know, you were locked up for four months, mm -hmm. and I'm talking locked up. You couldn't dive in. They were scaring you. They were giving you violations for masks, $1,000. People were being threatened to be arrested. Black Lives Matters were marching on the street, breaking into our stores. I just couldn't do it. Kids were coming out of their houses and running on the streets. I saw them almost getting hit by cars. So I took my driveway and I made it into a park. The kids on the block love me and they know me. And my house is always open. You can come and go and eat as much as you want because we have three felons living on us. I go to jail every two weeks to visit. Mm -hmm. And I have, uh, and when they come home, sometimes they need a place to stay. We have young kids coming to us. So my house is always open, always fully stocked. And kids love to play in our driveways. My children come now. I have grandchildren, my nephews, nieces. So I made a little park. And my son, my 20-year-old son now, who was 19, came over to me, Pop, I don't understand. Open the park. It's open space. The kids are running on the street anyways. I said, I called your councilman. I called your assemblyman. I called the mayor's liaison. I called the state senator. I make calls. Usually they're scared of me, but they laugh at me. They don't even return my calls. Now, I'm usually behind the scenes. Um, whenever you're in trouble, you get arrested. The police are very good to me. They call me. They help me out. They let me get the kid out. or They let me get a desk appearance ticket. Um, or I go to court for a kid, so the judge sometimes releases it. Right now we had a young man in jail for 27 to life who wasn't guilty, wow. and we got him out after five years. The judge said, why should I give him bail? Let's put him in a state, you know, till he retry him. And we made promises, and I said, look how I keep my word, and he released him to us with a, with a band on his foot. But again, you keep your word, you're trustworthy, you're always there, you're always committed from morning to night. I get up 4.30 in the morning, and I wake Linda up and we make sandwiches, but the hospital trusts me because I'm committed every day. Mm. The police trust me because when I give them a word, it's a word. The building department trusts me even though I fight with these right. guys. I argue, talking bitter battles. But at the end of the day, you keep your word, your word, and you're committed, you come every day. Mm. 
my son told me, just open the park. I said, you can't just do that, it's against the law. So I did a little research. I, always, I have three lawyers working for me. I have, of course, I'm the boss. I don't trust anybody anymore. Mm -hmm. Have my architects. And we were pretty much needed, we were, what was it called again, the word? Um, we were the front line, but we weren't the front line. We were a needed worker because we had to go to job sites. There was many jobs open. Plus, I was part of the press. So I was able to roam around when a lot of you guys couldn't. So I went to the park with my bolt cutter. I used to be a contractor. Mm -hmm. And I cut the park open. Kids came in. The parks department closed it. I went and opened it again. According to the law, the governor said it was good. The states, the city said it wasn't. I went around to certain other neighborhoods where the parks were open and the parks department was scared to do anything. Mm -hmm. So I said, I understand. Them you're not scared of and us you're not because we're Jews. And then I'm looking at their records with the parks all being closed, they're getting overtime pay. Mm -hmm. Explain it to me. Right. So I cut the park open again, they came to threaten me. Now, Borough Park is mine in Flatbush and Midwood, so I have my spies, have my shaman, my spear, my neighborhoods, and whenever anybody comes into the neighborhood without permission, they call me if there's a problem. Uh, if there's accidents, and or drug dealers, we have drug dens sometimes. So I help out in certain situations, something's with a family that a woman is being abused or something like that, we keep certain secrets, and I'm called behind the scenes. I was called. And I stopped the parks department. I said, I'm not going. I'm chaining myself to the door. And um, the ranger came. First, the police came. And then I said to the police chief, we made a little demonstration with the kids. I understand. Go 10 blocks away. Close that park and I'll close mine. Hmm. And the police chief sent away the parks department. The next day, they came sneaking in to do it again. Hmm. This time, the ranger came with a gun. And I said to him, I understand. This governor says one thing. The mayor says one thing. Make up your mind. You can't have it both ways. And the ranger looked it over at me, and it was in a five-minute clip, and we a tape that went viral, and the ranger threw his own parks people out. Mm. They came back again, and again we stopped them. And then people called me from Williamsburg. Did you know, Heshi, they're over here. Not only are they chaining the, the park, they're welding it. Mm. That upset me. I went there, cut the lock, broke it open. We had a state senator there. We had assemblymen there. We had all the people in the community. Police were watching it. Police cheered me on, and we broke the locks. Mm. And then I was called to Farakaway and Queens and Flatbush. Then the politicians came out. Who needed you? Who needed you now to take the credit? They tried to take the credit. Mm -hmm. Okay, I see that they're do-nothing men. And then people called me Heshi. Our schools are closed. Our schools are closed. They're finding us, so I'm going to court for them. I'm chasing the Department of Buildings, Department of Health. Now, usually one agency can't work with the other. I know I deal with all 14 agencies, right. really 300 of them. Now, one agency, the Sanitation Department, is arresting people. Mm -hmm. The Department of Health is closing down buildings. The building departments are closing down restaurants. You can't do that. Mm -hmm. So now I see you could work with one another. So the budget of $2 billion of extra, of all these extra people, could be reduced. So I'm arguing with them. And the mayor just sent people into our neighborhood and pushed us to $51 million in fines. Wow. Just brought back Flatbush Midwood Chiefs of Bay. Not talking US to your city. Okay, still, I'm not interested in running for office this time. I'm really ready to retire. It's already going through the summer. The Sukkot holiday is coming. And I'm teaching the shivas and stores how to keep open. Remember, we're doing weddings. So we have sheriffs coming at night like they arrested other people. There are sheriffs roaming around my town. So I have people waiting on every corner, waiting for the sheriffs to come in, and we follow them. 
seven different units and my people following the sheriffs. We have weddings we're sneaking in the back. We close the gates. We have security guards in every corner. And my weddings go on. As of today, I've done 101 weddings since June. Okay, now that it's over, you can have weddings. But during the time, the sheriffs couldn't shut down my weddings, mm. couldn't find my places. Again, just to clarify, you were you ran, this is the second time you're running for office? Second time I'm running for city council. Uh, for, for city council. But the first time, it was, it was before COVID. It was before COVID. It was, um, it's four years ago now, or three years ago, my mother passed away. Mm. I was sitting shiver. And a lot of the community knows me. As you know, a lot of people like me. I've helped people in all the communities, Syrian, Ashkenaz, Russian, Spanish. So Williamsburg, Borough Park, Flatbush. And my family's well known. And we sat shiver in my house. And I had a few thousand people that came. Mm -hmm. And my mother was 94. We took care of her the last seven years. And people were coming and saying, look, there's an election going on, Heshi. We have Jaeger and Heikind two people that we don't want in office. Jaeger cheated for the seat. Hmm. He didn't get it legally. Uh, he got it legally, but he did it with a trick. Heiken, we don't want him. He has no idea what he's doing. You run. I said, but you know, I'm behind the scenes. Nobody knows me. You know my name when you're in trouble, hmm. but you don't know my name. I know how to sell my product, but I never sold it. So I had 15,000 bucks. I had three weeks to the election. One guy spent 800 grand, one other spent 500 grand. I said, you know what, let me try. If the people want to change, and it was hard to get my name out, we had a debate. I crushed them in the debate. Mm. But again, three weeks and how much of a name and people when you go, and I ran as an independent. So when you go to the polls, you either go as Republican or Democrat. Mm. You close your eyes and you vote down the line Democrat. You've closed your eyes, plus my name was Harold Tischler. So nobody really knew me. I mm. changed it now to Heshi Tischler. Mm. So, in uh, fact, you know, when I type in Heshi into Google, you're the first thing that comes up. Yeah. So again, selling your product like my business, I've always learned to sell my product, my idea, and I know how to give a message across. Even in my business, I'm tough on my people in the beginning. I scream at them. Mm. I say, are you going to listen to me or not? You want me to help you or not? Because I care. I'm going to be here from you from 6 in the morning till night. But if you don't want me to help or you want to play with me, please, I'll recommend you 20 other people. Mm. Don't waste my time. My time is valuable because I have family, I have a wife, I have children, I have grandchildren. It took me a long time to get here. I went to jail for people. Mm. I don't want to, I just want to enjoy it. So, back then, I lost. It was crushed. It's a couple of hundred votes, 600, 900 votes, I don't really care. Mm. And I really was thinking of running again, but again, my councilman was an incumbent and I wasn't going to run against him. Um, and I did not remember that there would be an open seat, Chaim Deutsche seat in the 48th district, where we do have a residence, my wife, for 30-something years, 20-something years, her parents' house, she inherited, I pay the bills there. But, uh, and we go there quite often, just like upstate. So we are legal residents of the 48th district. We're not doing anything illegal, even though you don't have to move into the district till after you're elected. And uh, I was going to run, and then comes the Sukkot's holiday. Hmm. But I wasn't sure. Linda told me, has she, you promised to retire. On our anniversary, I want to tell you what this young lady did. On our 30th anniversary, I promised to take her away because me and Linda work all week long. We don't finish even Thursday night till we finish packing the boxes and distributing it. And then we have people coming to our house from 10 to 12 at night for the foundation. So Friday we do a little work, cooking, cleaning, guests, and we go. This year, I promised Linda Thursday night we were going to leave. That last year, not this year. 
And what happened was is um, as we were leaving the house, two young boys, nowhere to go from the youth center on the street. One kid, his mother threw him out. The other kid was on the street for a couple of weeks in a laundromat. They dropped him off at our house. Linda turned around, went upstairs and said, bring him in. Hmm. So this is who my wife is. This is who my family is, my children. And uh, so, again, I wasn't going to run. Right before the circus holiday, the police say they're going to shut down all the shoes. What do you want from me? You're the leader. I said, I'm no leader of nothing. I fight you. I argue with you. During the pandemic, they arrested two women in the hospital for sitting with their dying husband, hmm. a mother and daughter. Promised to let them out on a desk appearance ticket with the hospital. I had a fight with them. Six hours later, they wouldn't let them out. I went to the hospital, to the police station, screaming and hollering. I said, I'm going to burn the building down. They said, you can't threaten us. I said, sure, I can. Again, my... I work with you, but if you're going to be abusive, you're going to be a bully, you're going to abuse the law, yeah. I'm going to fight back. So I don't care who you are. You're going to be a bully back? Yeah. What do you want me to do? It doesn't work any other way. Right. The Jews have been silent all this time. That's why the rabbis don't like me. So that's it. Wait one second. That's exactly why I'm asking why you're running for office. Meaning, it sounds like you have a lot of pull not in office. One at a time. Right. That's the problem. Okay. And this is where my issue is. I went to the police station. I got the two ladies out. Yeah. Then, right before Yontif, we, got, we kept all our shuls open. All the shuls were open for Yontif. We, there was a protest on Yontif on 13th Avenue, which I did not make. Mr. Kornbluth, who got me arrested, his brother-in-law made the protest, told him not to come. Mm. I'm a guest. I live here. Councilman showed up. I showed up for a few minutes, went to another event in Crown Heights, went to bed. My normal time, 12.31 o'clock. Get a call from the police, get over here right now. Now, this is where the story gets interesting. I said, What do you want from me, the deputy inspector? What do you want from me? Has she, we're gonna get, kids are gonna get hurt. The whole avenue is shut down, buses and traffic are not moving. Get over here to stop them. I said, Again, why me? You're the one everybody knows. I said, They know me, but they don't really know me. Hmm. No, no, you're getting over here. I didn't want any of the kids get hurt. Got dressed, one o'clock in the morning, went to 13th Avenue, sent everybody home. And the police made a deal with the leaders that if everybody goes home the next day and on their microphone, which you're not allowed to use on their police car, I told everybody, go home and we're going to have a Simcha's basis shaver for two hours. Hmm. The community put up money for the music. I gave a little bit of money too. The police made the streets. They even moved the streets. They called me for permission, which I don't know why. And for two hours, we had a beautiful event. Mr. Cornbluth showed up to cause trouble because he called me in the middle of the night the night before threatening me. And mm -hmm. I'll show you the text. Yeah. Okay. This is the person that, that got me in trouble, Mr. Right. Cornbluth. Did they say I hit? Now, the night of the first, just want well, you to see say, it. Well, they say that, they, that you incited a riot I against them. them. So let me explain to you something. If somebody calls you at 3 o'clock in the morning, would you get angry? Sure. You're sure. And if you see him the next day, what happens? You get upset with him, right? And scream at him. So I want you to look at this. Just you say it. At what time do you see that? Three o'clock. Okay, so remember, he, I've been in touch with him, friendly with him. He sends me, you take responsibility for tonight's violence. Happy that you did a shlufi, a chilashem, like a, a gay thing, whatever. He just tried mm -hmm. to incite me. So I wrote to him, dear Jacob, tomorrow will be bigger and better. Please be careful how you speak to me, mm -hmm. you know? He then texts me, you please apologize to the community for harming them and for inciting violence. You can't intimidate me. 
I don't know what he's talking about. I didn't incite violence. I, the police called me to stop it. I sent everybody home. The next day, which was, that was uh, the date of October 6th, if I'm correct, October 7th. The next, that was October 7th in the morning. So it was October 6th was the riot or the burning of the mask with the kids. October 7th at night was the Simcha's Beis Hashem. Nothing happened. I saw him, I screamed at him. Other people were screaming at him. Anyways, remember, he goes on national television and rats on his own people. Mm -hmm. People knew what he was, so people were screaming at him. People told me he was there. I went in to protect him, to stop him. His own brother-in-law said that. So I went and screamed at him anyways, that he's a rat pig and he should leave. So I didn't incite no riot, but I'll take the responsibility for it. Anyways, nobody was arrested, nobody was ticketed, nobody was anything. Mm. And the, the police escorted him away. I had 30 police officers in case of anything would go wrong. So nobody got injured. Mm. Anyways, that, that night, the next day was Thursday. There was a 40-person conference call. And the police chief was on it with all of us regular people. And me, I was one of the only regular uh, community leaders. And everybody agreed to close the shuls for sukkahs and Simchas Torah. I said, under no circumstances. Mm -hmm. Not one shul is going to close. Not the Ashkenaz community, not the Sephardic community, not the Russian community. Nowhere. And the police chief, you can't to say, talk to me like that. I said, sure I can. I said, we won't dance on the streets, but you don't have the warrants. You cannot come into private places. I don't care COVID. I don't care executive order. You will not walk in. So anyways, after negotiations, he says, as long as you stay off the streets and don't cause trouble, we'll let you go. And that's how it happened. Mm. After they came to my house, two warrant officers, four detectives, seven cop cars. And remember, now my precinct wouldn't arrest me. They sent them from the Bronx. So they took me in, and I got angry. They can do whatever they want. They can shut our stores, shut our stores, shut our shuls. They put us into red zone. Mm. How do you put us into a red zone when we're not, when your tests are no good? I went with the board president, and I did 2,000 of our own testing. And I showed them their tests were wrong, and I did it with their health inspector. And we went from red to yellow. Hmm. How? Because I showed you you were just abusing your privileges. Right. And then here's the worst part of the whole story, was that when what bothered me, what, what hurt me the most is forget they're trying to screw us and cheat us and take away our businesses and stores. Erev Yontif, after the incident of the incitement and all that, your home cleaning, your home cooking, your home setting up your children. You know what it is before Yantif, right? I'm talking to Jewish people here, right? We're setting up our homes and nobody makes press conferences. Only the mayor makes it in his private little place and everybody apart. All of a sudden, in my park that I opened up, show up 19 cameramen, news reporters, the health department, two of his doctors with a whole bunch of crew members. No social distance anyways, mm. okay, it was outside. And they make a press conference in my neighborhood to embarrass us. Mm. I ran over there, I said, first of all, I wasn't invited, and you're not doing it here. And I screamed and hollered for 19 minutes. Would not let them talk. I said, you're coming here with a dais in the middle of my park, you're giving COVID testing in the middle of a park, that means if somebody does have COVID, children will get sick. I mean, you just, there, there's no brains. Mm. And he, he has no paperwork. In front of your desk, at least you have something. Nothing. He's talking, so I stopped him. I said, get out, get out, for 19 minutes. And finally they packed up and they left. And that's when I became more famous. I went home to my wife, Linda, and I said, Linda, they're just doing whatever they want. Our councilman, our senator, our assemblyman, nobody cares. I have 200,000 families and we're just getting tortured. Tell me what to do. 
I can't sit here and stand by. So I was called in by the assemblyman and councilman made a deal. Has she don't run in Borough Park, run in Flatbush, it's an open seat. Chaim Deutsches has to retire due to term limits. We'll support you. As you know, they've double-crossed me since then, and they've taken back their thing. They've supported Yang, who woman that likes Israel, doesn't like Israel. These guys are lost. Mm -hmm. They don't know how to stick to their word. I know how to be a friend. I know what honor is. So I said, Linda, I'm going to run. And Linda laughed. And she says, you said you're going to retire. So this is where I'm going to tell you the end of it. I said, Linda, I'll retire. You have to put on the light behind you, sorry. I said, Linda, you're right. I did promise to retire. I'm ready to do it. But you know and I know it's not going to happen. You know and I know that people are going to call me and come. You know I did it for my way for the last 31 years that I'm married with you. You've stood there, you've seen it, you've seen me go to jail. You know I was in jail for nine months and a week, did you know that? I did not. So there was a, a guy running around ripping off our community, using our names and so on, and for immigration fraud. And he did a lot of bad things. He, he made believe he was a lawyer, Hasidish a guy from Muncie, and a uh, hundred people got arrested. When we went to the grand jury, 50 people cooperated right away. Mm -hmm. I was disappointed. Uh, 48 people made a deal with the government, probation, off the hook. Me and the guy, best friend, said, no, we didn't do nothing wrong. The guy forged our names. The guy lied. Look at what everybody else, you all got off the hook. If you don't make a deal, has she, you're going to jail for a year. I said, okay. I went to trial, and the judge told the jury, very simple, all the charges are dismissed against him. He did nothing, just like the prosecutor said. But when you know of somebody committing a crime and you don't stop him, especially if you know him, it's called conspiracy. Mm -hmm. And they got me on conspiracy. Wow. They gave me a year a day in jail and I was out nine months in one week. And when I was in jail, I was helping a lot of people. People with their food, bringing in things. I had cars. I was, I don't know. I just was able to get anything I wanted. Even the camp council, was only one joy. It was a camp, mm -hmm. an actual camp where I went. We were able to go home for weekends. They gave me a truck. They just loved me there. And I was able to get things done. And I learned... Not only when you visit the prison is how bad it is, but I learned when you're inside how bad it was, which I never knew before. And I've been helping people even more ever since. And when I came home to Linda, we had to rebuild our family because they took everything and I rebuilt it and became more successful than before. People have known me more now. People know I know how to keep secrets. People know I know how to help them. And Linda told me, please retire. And I said, Linda, if I retire and I stand before your holy maker, what am I going to tell him? Oh, I'm 57 years old. I retired because I did my job. So you're asking me, Heshi, you're doing whatever you're doing great. You're right. I have the power to help people open their houses, open their store, do an inspection, uh, get you into a hospital, do a little volunteering, raising money, $100,000, $400,000 for the year for charities. You're right. Super duper great. But what? That's it. 10 people, 50 kids in the youth center. I have two youth centers, one drug center, $20,000 for postpartum depression given by the government. You're talking, I have kids on the street, 104 suicides. I have people going out of work. I do it, but I can do it bigger. In city council with a $90 billion budget, with a, I'm a businessman. I, I'm the only one of the candidates that have not taken matching funds. Why? Because I know how to run a business. I know how to spread a name. I know how to build my name. So you're right, the rabbis don't like me because I scream and holler, Hashem. 
but because of my little hollering and screaming, your stores are open, your shuls are open, you know, your, your, your restaurants are open. I keep them open. I'm fighting the DOB, the DOT. Your jobs are up and running. The mayor gave in to my parks. The mayor has given in to so much because he had no choice. Now you're opening your city. If you know Park Flatbush Midwood, how many yeshivas were on the phone with me? Again, a hundred weddings that I went to. How many were done out of our neighborhoods? So that's uh, so what I'm saying, Hashi, is that when you're not in office, you have more autonomy to do what you want to do. But when you're going to be in office, you're going to have to be negotiating nope. with everyone else, nope. all the other council I members. I disagree. I disagree. I need 26 council members. I plan on creating an alliance. 26 members. Do you find that there will be other council members who will be able, you're going to be able to play with? I'm I just saying, no actually, if you're coming in with an attitude of being a bully and you're going to knock not them down. Not a bully. Not a bully to people. Not a bully to you. Not a bully to my families. Not a bully to my residents. Not a bully to my neighbor. But other council a bully to them. A bully to the city. Remember, I'm fighting City but Hall. You, but, you're, but you are trying to join City Hall at the same time. No. Incorrect. Here's where you're wrong. Mm. We, you know the famous saying, you can't fight City Hall. Correct. I'm going inside. I'm going to fight from the inside. But then how are you going to be able to negotiate? That's what I'm exactly what I'm saying. When you're in City Hall, when you have to play There's with no, politicians, then you're going to have to negotiate. I, and I'm not a politician. Exactly. That's, that's why I'm asking, why are you running for office? You're not a politician. You're an autonomous person running in the streets. But, but they make the legislation. They keep putting more, you know, every time but we that's going to require you to negotiate and play nice But every others. time I beat the city, and we find a new loophole. You were autonomous. No, right. You didn't, so, you weren't part of them. Right. And you I, didn't have to negotiate but with But they your found a way to then make a new law. You know, they have their own lawyers. Right. They can break the Constitution. They find ways around the Constitution. Their laws really break every constitutional law that we have. But legally, with their own lawyers, they're able to do it. And they find loopholes. Oh, every minute. So right. every time we find a way to beat them or do it correctly, they make it harder. I don't understand. We complied. We followed the rules. We did everything perfect. No, a new way. Right now, I'm fighting the building department on two jobs, beautifully done, redone, reorganized, re-examined. So a new unit popped up and says, well, they did it wrong. I said, it's the same organization. They don't know as much as us. And just a new way to torture people and find them another $100,000. Right. My job is, is stop the legislation. Stop these crazy laws, filibuster it. I am an expert at making stuff happen and I can make a deal. When you say filibuster, again, you're saying Stop. as a one man, as a one person deal. Right now it's one person. That's gonna be very hard, again, if you're thinking about making a coalition in the council and you're filibustering bills. Again, that's, that's why I'm asking you, why are you running for office? Why are you because trying to- Because if I don't, I'm still on the outside and they can beat me. No matter what, then you're going to be on the, the inside. Power. You're going to be beholden because again, what may but end up still, happening is that you're you're going to end up negotiating with other people because you're going to have to do that. I well, I do know how, I do know how to negotiate. Hundred percent. I am a businessman. I, I've done audits, budgets in the millions and millions. Right. I've helped people in the millions and millions of dollars. You're right. This is the billions. But my competitors who are running the five competitors have never done anything close right, to it. Hundred percent. So I'm going to trust now. I get in there. And my plan is like this, find 26 councilmen. You're right, make a deal. I'm not bad at making deals either. Mm -hmm. I've done that, I've bought buildings, sold buildings, help people, I've, I've done my own business. I, I, I negotiate costs, prices, contracts. Mm -hmm. So my job is I'm not gonna give in so easy. My job is to get in there, get a coalition, and bully my coalition to bully the rest of the city. Well, bully your coalition? Use my coalition and not allow a mayor. They have to be your teammates. How teammates many? at 26 out of 51. Okay. And never to allow a mayor 
ever to executive order. Never to allow a mayor not to be recalled. I'm going to create a legislation that we're able to recall a mayor when we but want, again, like in California. You're looking for half the city to agree with you to not half let the, the mayor city council. Well, meaning half the city representatives to to agree with you not to let the mayor do executive orders. How many deals do you think those councilmen have with the mayor? I'm hoping that those councilmen who are now 35 new remember this is a new city council. Yeah. All the old councilmen are going. 35 of them are gone. This is a brand new city council, brand new people that have no experience in city council. Maybe they have experience in city government. These are people that have to, they get eight years. Really, they're getting two years mm. with redistricting. So these guys have to prove and get stuff accomplished in the next two years. Mm. Not like sit on the behinds for four years. So you with think my, you're Also, gonna... with my seat, Chaim Doge being vacated, I now am going to whoever wins the 48th city council seat is the only councilman that takes possession of his seat on November the 4th, which means becomes junior councilman on the spot for mm. two months. That means he serves out the rest of the term of the old councilman. When January 4th comes, the new city council, he automatically becomes senior councilman, one of 12 members who can run now for speaker. Now, I'm not saying I'm gonna win the speaker position, but once I'm becoming speaker, no bill passes Nothing happens without the speaker's permission. Mm -hmm. So I don't need the 26 people. Of course, only 26 people always to pass stuff. But again, then I'll have more power to say, listen, if you don't do what I tell you, I'm not going to help you. Right. Well, again, I guess this can transform into a conversation about just being a republic and being a, a people that are ruled by a group of people as opposed to a one person trying to sort of control everything. And you, I, you do I agree mean, that there should be a consensus on laws that are passed. And correct. Right, okay. And we have no committees on watching the DOB, no committees watching the DOT, DOF, DOH, raising our taxes 18%, finding us numbers without control, and there's nothing you can do about it. People being arrested, people coming into your homes, a law passing A146, that if somebody says you're sick, I can come into your house and take you out and put you in a detention center. Mm. That if you're double parked and you're idling your car, I take a picture of it, you get a thousand dollar fine. I mean, this is a city turning into rats and garbage and torturing our neighbors. You know, I have one building that has 253 calls because somebody hates them. Mm. Now they're telling him they're drilling, they're dragging, they're, 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 they're hammering. Nothing is going on in the building. Every time they come to the building, they find something. A toy in the hallway. Uh, something they have to find. And they punish these guys. Most of the time, not. And I'm trying to fight them and teach them how to keep them out. Our city has a way that if they call you down, you get in trouble, they trick you. Just let me in to look, they say. Once they get in, they can arrest you. Mm. Once they get in, they can fine you. Once they're in, they can stop work order you, and then you have a problem selling your house. You know how many people I've saved? How many people have stopped work orders because they claim it's something illegal the owner did, and the owner doesn't know what to do? Mm -hmm. He goes down, he thinks it's a regular ticket, even if it's a $500 or $2,500 fine, he pays it. He doesn't understand once the violation is issued, to get rid of the violation is not just paying the monetary value. Mm -hmm. You have to get plans and permits, $10,000, actually $20,000. Let's actually talk about oversight committees because you mentioned that you wanted to have an oversight committee for the uh, police. But it was a very interesting idea with you about a citizen, a citizen-run council. It's called the Rainbow Coalition. Okay, let me. That let's... means it's 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 a, a commission that will that is run by complete civilians, hmm. like the uh, community board. This is a, a chosen, non-paying position that says, "Listen, 
every arrest, everything that goes in your community before the district attorney gets reviewed by us. We, an independent commission, will review it. Doesn't go to your IAD. Doesn't and again, go the to commission is made up of of just local residents of that community, mm -hmm. and we do many of them. And then I was even thinking greater that the head of each of those units create a different. They meet the ones from all over the city, meet, and they themselves have to have a database of coming up with ideas. But each precinct, each borough, each community board should have. Just like a community board has 15, 20 people of independent people, they get $25, $50, it's important. Same thing over here that we watch the police. I'm not telling you regulate the police. Mm. We watch. We watch for false arrests. We see if something is a lie. We see if they came into your home. We see if they tricked you. Stop it now. Don't allow the abuse to get further. Don't allow the, the bulliness. And, of course, to see if people lie. Mm. It goes both ways. We're going to protect the police. We're never going to defund the police. I'm going to refund the police. I'm going to create more money for crime fighters. So are, are you creating a jury for every arrest? It's sort I'm of what creating, you're doing. It's a very good word, what you're saying. Right. Not a jury for every arrest, a review, like a, like a grand jury that we don't like. You know, they, you know the, the prosecutors say that they can get a ham sandwich uh, uh, um, indicted. That's how easy it is. Mm. When you go before their grand juries, nothing. You're talking, I did nothing the night of my, uh, of, of my conviction, and they arrested me. No grand jury. And then when I want to go to jury trial, you know what they told me? Mm. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to do an A misdemeanor on you. That's the most they can do. And we're going to drop it down to a B misdemeanor. I said, you're going to drop the charges? Yes. I said, why? Well, right now you're entitled to a jury trial. But if we drop the charges, you're not entitled to a jury trial. You only can go before a judge. And if you're going to gamble, you're gambling on one judge making a decision. And, you know, we, the judge works for the state or the city, not for you. And most likely, you're going to lose. Mm -hmm. So that's why I had to make a deal now with them. Do 10 days of community service. And I'm not guilty. I'm going to withdraw my plea guilty. And I will go on, which I do anyways, community service all the time. But they put me into a black church, thinking in a bad neighborhood I was going to get killed. Matter of fact, I'm running the pantry. They put me in a gay thrift store, which they thought that I'd feel uncomfortable. They love me. Okay? Mm -hmm. I just finished my seventh day. One, two, three. I'm doing it easily, plus I'm doing my job, plus I'm doing my regular community service. So they wanted to hurt other people by taking away the services that I provide normally. I have two hours a day, constituent services of people telling me they're being bitten by uh, mice in their stores. Uh, my child is smoking pot. My kid is, is on meth. Help me get him into a store. I mean, I'm doing my regular day's work besides my regular job, besides my community service. So you're telling me again, Heshi, why run? It's hard doing it myself. You're right, I have friends. I have friends in the police force. I have friends in the Department of Buildings. I have chiefs that listen to me. But it's one case at a time. I'm getting people arrested. I have people dying not only here, all over. I can't stop it. I have money being spent, $1.5 billion on mental health by the mayor's wife, thrown away like animal. Mm. And nobody oversaw it. Nobody said a word. I have 90 homeless shelters popping up in this city. 90. Mm. Where's all this money coming from? And you're putting homeless shelter here in Bar Park, another one in Sheepshead Bay, another one in Brighton Beach, right here. 
Why can't you come up with a better idea? I came up with a great What's idea. Your idea. My idea is don't create a homeless shelter where you put 14 people in a room, congregated shelters. Let's create senior centers, uh, 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 adult centers. Give these homeless people two people in a room. Give them a place to go. You want to leave? You want to come? It has more money. Programs, same money. Well, how's it the same money? Same building, same programs, just less people. And you make 70 people, but you spread it out. You make the rooms, not like animal rooms. You know, they put big rooms with beds in a room. You can make the rooms smaller. Same programs in the lobby, like a hotel style. Again, if you're going to put less people in the building, then you're going to need more buildings. You have 80,000 people on the street. What do you think 90 homeless shelters are gonna do when the mayor can't even get 189 people off the street? 20,000 of them are kids. When they do go to the shelter the next day, they have to be thrown back on the street. Some of them are raped, beaten, robbed. What are you gonna do about that? My way at least creates a home, small home. Creates it in a cleaner environment. It's just gonna be more expensive. It's not gonna be more expensive. It's gonna be the same money spent but less people, but a less of a turnaround because the people will be more comfortable. We can maybe make them a better way of living. We'll have programs in the place. We'll have food for them. They'll be able to come back or live there all day and night. Mm. People watching from, it's the same homeless shelter, but it's called an adult center. A better way of living, cleaner living, and you build the building nicer, mm. build it bigger. You know, they have these places where they put beds there. Right. You know, armed guards. Here it's gonna be a home, like a senior center, go there, or adult center. Yeah, we'll have one guy in the front. Yeah, we'll have different programs and medical centers, but it's a place for them to live like a mini apartment. Right. Now the mayor wants to take them and put them into apartments in the middle of, you know, homeless people in the middle of uh, neighborhoods, take over apartment buildings and put them into an apartment building. It's not the way to do it. When you put them in an apartment building, you have to teach them how to live. You have to teach them how to how to grow. You just can't take them out of a homeless shelter and put them in there. Right. Senior centers, and a lot of the people don't want to come off the streets. They're sleeping on the trains right. on the streets because they're fearful. Try my 90 places. I've already done three, by the way. We've gotten three of them approved in Queens and the Bronx. Mm. And you'll see how it works. If this works, and plus the city spending more money on these senior centers that we help get approved than on the homeless shelters. Mm -hmm. So let me show you how it works. Even if it's more money, it's still worth it that we're getting the people off the streets, we'll keep crime down and rape down. 100%, I mean, it, it, it definitely the mental, health, the mental health portion of it is how many people we're going to save, how much money we'll save on hospitalization of people coming in off the street dying or sick. And spreading sure. the disease. It's definitely always easy to throw money at a problem and hopeful and hope that it'll go away. It's just it, it does. It's gonna cost more money. You're but saying ninety did, billion he dollars. Does, he does ninety homeless shelters with no success till now, and now you're gonna make ninety more, which you've never had success before. Mm. And who is this mayor to force the next administration into doing it? There's six months more to do in this administration. Who, by the way, are you uh, supporting in the next mayoral race? So I hate Yang. Mm -hmm. uh, I liked him, but when he switched sides within 18 hours, when a man flip flops, thing. he's not worth my time. Mm -hmm. um, I've always liked Eric Adams, uh, but again, he was board president for eight years. Mm -hmm. Uh, but again, I don't know. I don't know. He hasn't really accomplished much, but he's been very nice. Mm. But again, he's a man who shies away from serious... Uh, um, decision-making. Not only decision-making, when, when things get very, uh, you know, hot or heated, he steps back. And I don't like that. 
But in the Democratic primary, especially Morales and Gonzalez and all those other idiots, one of them is an ex-commissioner of sanitation who took away our garbage trucks from the Jewish schools. Mm -hmm. Another one talks bad about the Jews. So it would be Eric Adams, a Democrat. Mm -hmm. But in this case, I happen to like the Republican. I like Curtis Lieber, mm -hmm. and I like uh, Fernando Mateus because he ran the TLC, he was raised by a Jewish family, loves the Jews, and I think he's done a great job protecting his, uh, his drivers. I mean, you know how many drivers used to get killed and shot when I was growing up? Mm -hmm. He's done a much better job. He's, he's vocal, he's there. So these are the people that I want, somebody who cares for the community, mm -hmm. somebody who cares for his neighbors. So that's my job. I think you're right. Maybe I should stay behind the scenes and quiet, but here's my here's my thing, problem. Hashi, I don't think you're I don't think you're quiet, not at all. Right. Unless everybody knows that but you're the, that you're a fighter for the community. My question is why would you chain yourself to an because office? Because when I get into office, I'm gonna tell every one of you what the other forty nine or fifty of them are doing. There's gonna be a, there's a television channel called the City Council Channel. Mm -hmm. I make fun of it. They scratch their they pick their nose. They scratch their behind. Mm -hmm. It's boring. Mm -hmm. When I get onto that show, it's gonna be the number one in show. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna tell you. Look at that councilman. He did nothing. That councilman is making a bill. They piece thirty pieces of legislation every month. Do you believe it? Mm -hmm. Thirty bills pass every month. Four hundred bills a year. What are these bills for? Why can't we take care of what we have going now? Hmm. Why are we budgeting the money now? Why aren't you taking care of the people now? Why aren't you calling the hospitals and the commissioners now? Do you know how many, every agency has five commissioners for each borough, then has a head commissioner, then have chiefs and inspectors? Let's combine them. Because you see they're able to overlap each other during COVID. We can save billions of dollars by having just five commissioners. You don't need more than that because the commissioners don't make up policies. You're talking they change the laws on the people, the DOB, the oath, without even asking us, hmm. without even voting. So they can do this and nobody's overseeing it. Right, the bureaucracy. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to change that. Inside City Hall, inside, not City Hall, inside the City Council, we have the right to stop it. And if a mayor doesn't step up like Mayor de Blasio, he messed up, we're going to let the people be able to recall him. Now you can't recall him. How many people hate de Blasio? He would have been recalled in a minute, like the governor in, in, in California. This is the second time. We can't do that. Governor Cuomo telling nursing homes to take people back, and the nursing homes took them for the money. Right. And how many people died? Now, I have a lot of relatives in the nursing home business. They're all telling me, has she, we're in the business with you. I don't care. You murderer. We were understaffed. I said, why were you understaffed? With all the money you're making, on, you know, I have also a staff. Sometimes I have to make a little less money. I have to get the job done, doing it right. Not just worry about yourself, but I've been screaming always. You just heard me now. Mm. I've always screamed. So now you're watching my videos. My two minute videos think that I'm mad, wild. I'm educated. I'm a father of 21 foster kids, if that's the word you want to use. Mm. I'm a real father of three, grandfather, 106 nephews and nieces. My father died when I was 13. I raised two brothers and a Down syndrome sister who's still alive at 51. I've gone through postpartum depression, jail. I've been broke, raising kids, paying for yeshiva, paying for other kids' schools and yeshivas, taking in people, going to jails, investing, helping people compete with me, putting them into business like I am, the mm. same business as me teaching them. As long as they can learn and run a business, I have people who are better than me in my own business because I've taught them, trained them, and helped them open up their businesses. 
from the legal department, from ECB court cases, to being expediters, for being contractors, developers, everything. Why am I going to run for office? You're right. It might be foolish to you, but to me, I believe, I really believe that I can do more. I can do it bigger. I can do it, I can open up more youth centers. This is my platform if you want to know what it is. I'm very pissed about drugs. They're past marijuana laws. I can't take it. My kids are getting stoned. They can't finish college. They can't drive. They're going to mess up. Even though you think marijuana is not addictive, they, it is. But let's just say not. It, it hurts you the next day. I'm against drugs, but I need more drug treatment centers all over this city. I need more money for women with postpartum. You know how big of a problem postpartum depression is? It's very bad. So I need that. I need money for my crime fighters, for the police. I need to defund and reconcentrate re all these government agencies and stop finding them. And when I get into city council, my first piece of legislation is to wipe out all the fines that were given illegally during COVID. And most important, there's a couple of personal laws, like the GET law. Can't have women in bondage, can't have women abused. So I need to change some laws to work for the people. And then there's a bunch of little stuff I want to stop. I want to just rip off these laws of cameras. You know, there's a camera on every corner, every block. The camera law was created by the state to do safety, not to put them on the streets. So you're right, I can't get rid of the cameras according to the state, but I can move them, since I'm a city man, to buy parks, to put them by schools. That's where they belong. Mm -hmm. So children shouldn't be kidnapped or picked up or ripped off. Not on a highway where a car is speeding. Right. These are the things that I'm going to take care of. Making sure that the restaurants are supported. Restaurants, we take away taxes for a week of all restaurants. So everybody saves 8-10% on their bill. People will enjoy that. Where are you going to make up those funds otherwise? Okay, so not all the money goes to the city, that 8% tax. Goes to the state, a little piece. Goes to the city, piece. Right. So I have a right. So obviously, to all those agencies are going to come to you saying, okay, you want to lower the taxes here, that's fine, but where are you going to make them up otherwise? Too bad. We're going to figure out a way. We have enough money in the budget by cutting. It's going to come out of somewhere. Right. It's going to come out of the DOB, of all those government agencies that are abused. You know, we have an agency that spends over $20 million on plaque research. Researching where to put a plaque, what kind of a plaque to put there, what kind of a monument to put there. I mean, don't we have enough monuments and plaques? Hmm. Now we have $20 million on a whole agency being paid for it. Are you crazy? Caused by five different agencies. I mean, you're talking, it's just, we have a waste of city government money. During the pandemic, 337,000 government employees worked, none of them were furloughed. Mm. You and I could not work. Explain it to me. How was the government agencies? They should have been sent home too. Mm. Why were they out and not us? I understand the police. I understand the firemen. DOB, DOT, DOH, DOF, uh, DOC. I mean, it just doesn't stop. Why is Consumer Affairs even open? Why is Oath open from their homes? They did 131,000 violations from October through March of this year on virtual. Where did you get these violations to do? Do you know how many billions of dollars they've fines they've charged us? Right. Sanitation could walk down the street, not clean our sidewalks or clean our streets, but they can fine us for $100 tickets if you didn't sweep on time. And you're not going to fight it. Who's going to go fight a $100 ticket? Who has the time? It's part of doing business. And sometimes you have a bad sanitation worker who's in one of his moods, and you can see he gives 10, 15, 20 to a building. We need oversight. Mm. Right. So you're trying to streamline the system of the inner workings of a large city. 
it's, it's been done. You have everything on computer. You can upload, download. Right now, they're forcing us to do it. The DOB, the DOT, the DOH, from permits to plans to court cases. So if they're able to do it during the pandemic, why can't it be done after the pandemic? Hmm. Why can't we cut the costs? Here it is. Here's the stuff. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to put those codes and laws and I'm going to try. Right. And if I fail, I fail. But or and now they want to be, I mean, and right? be forced and to I will, I will. But again, I want to do it with a little power. I don't want to be bullied. I'm tired of you coming into my neighborhood. You know, we had a couple of uh, Jewish uh, hate crimes recently mm. in the neighborhood. Instead of the mayor coming in, walking up and down the streets, meeting the people, he snuck into the police station, went into the basement and made a hidden news conference that nobody knew about it with two community leaders. Who chose these two community leaders? It wasn't the senator, the councilman, the assemblyman. He chose two rabbis. Who chose them? He did it hiddenly. Nobody can ask questions. And then he left. That is a mayor. And look, go outside right now. On this corner where you're sitting right now, there's four synagogues. A school, synagogue, synagogue, school and synagogue behind me. And then around the corner, there's another one. Show me there's a police car sitting outside. Because we are poor. We're not one of the fanciest synagogues or the big ones in Manhattan. So the mayor gets away with just a news conference. Mm. We need somebody to care in our community. We need somebody who, who will look, who will pick up the phone. You know, I pick up the phone for people till one in the morning. I pick up prank phone calls, kids threatening me, rabbis telling me I'm no good. Mm. But you know what, Rabbi? You're using your synagogue, your freedom, your code that I set up with to get in but through me. Because of me, your synagogue is open. Because of me, your park is open. I'm not taking all the credit. Because of me, your stores are open. I've come up with the idea, Scott, and people have joined the movement from Buffalo to Canada to, to Los Angeles. People are fighting back, standing up and screaming, get out. You don't belong here. You need a warrant. So I believe that my voice is going to be stronger when I'm in City Hall. Hmm. People will respect me more and say, you know what? Heshi's listening. Heshi sees what they're doing and he's telling us the truth. Right now when I tell you what's going on in City Hall, why should you believe me? How do you know what's going on? How do you know the inner workings? You don't know what's good, what they're talking behind the scenes. You don't know the deals, which is true. Right. Half the time, I don't know. Half the 90% of the time, I'm not invited. Now I'm going to be inside. I'm going to know everything. I'm going to see everything. I'm going to walk outside. I'm going to tell everybody. This councilman lied. This councilman is trying to screw you. This one wants to redistrict. This one wants to take extra funds for himself. This one wants to give it away for um, uh, a stupid $2 million toilet bowl when I can build it for 50 grand. I mean, I have a building now where the HPD is deciding to throw a million dollars into where I'm a receiver. I work for the city too. I said, HPD, you're wrong. You can't do that. I have another building they tried to rip off the landlord. They said, you work for us, you work for the tenants. I said, no. My job is to be fair to all. And I worked with the tenants, didn't take any money from the city. Four years later, I took this building with holes in the walls and falling beams, fixed it up with the, with the tenants cooperating with me. Beautiful, A minus building, the tenants love me. Mm. They're scared not to pay rent. They said, don't be scared of me, I'm not a bully. I said, I'm here to help you. And the landlord, he could have lost everything. I made sure the city didn't screw him. Now they're doing it again. And I said, I don't want to be involved with you, I resigned. The director said, you can't resign. I said, sure. I said, I can do whatever I want. Hmm. If you're trying to do something, he says, this is the code. This is the rule. I said, your rule is wrong. And if I'm involved, you're going to do it my way. And we compromised. Right.
Now, in regard to people saying it's a Chil Hashem, meaning you hear how it could be, you know, seen as a Chil Hashem, where you're going to be pointing out councilmen who, you know, are you you have a idea? corrupt. Take, no problem, I agree. Give me a better idea. So far, the other ideas have not worked. Councilman Yeager, you know well, Councilman well, Yeager, all, you know Councilman ideas, Yeager told lot, me the other day? A lot of your ideas could be from a private, from just the, the private sector. They don't need to be necessarily from the, on the council. A lot of these, let's say, building drug rehabs, you know, if you We're can, getting the money. Okay, Where do you think private, I get so much money? There's no, no, don't tell me. I run after private money all the time. It's hard. I run after foundations. It's hard, but Look what is, I'm it doing better, now. is it better to go into a council and then basically, again, you're going in with your yarmulke, you're going to be calling out there, these councilmen, but the money and you're going to be there. stepping out of the, the city hall, pointing out certain councilmen, then yeah, people are going to say, the Jew is causing all these problems. The Jew is in it. I got you. And then what we'll do is we'll be like Councilman Yeager, who we asked for a police car. And you know what he tells me? My hands are tied. What does that mean? I'm able to go into the police station and nobody get nine policemen to stand on a corner of Avenue J and Coney Island Avenue to make sure the Palestinians don't come into the neighborhood and beat up the Jews. Mm -hmm. You can't get a police car here for Shabbos with two guys to watch for at the schools. I so here's don't know what negotiations he's tied up. That's the that's the that's problem, my with, problem with, the, with the city. Is that he's a politician. That's the problem with working in office is that yes, in order to get these people on your side about certain bills that you want, again, to, to pass some to pass some of the budget for these drug for these drug bills, you're gonna have to negotiate with people who are sliding money here and are a little corrupt over here and that and you're gonna yeah. have to make deals with them. Right. So when you call the mayor and say, Hey, you know, maybe we need a you know a, a police car at the corner of my street, he's gonna say, you know, well, you negotiated me about this other bill, so no, I'm not gonna give you those funds. And I'm gonna go out to the street. Tell the people the mayor is trying to blackmail us. But then he's not going to. He's not going to pass any of your bills. His, his, then he's then he's going to sign off any. But like, here's my deal. Eric Adams is going well, to is going to be my, okay with yeah, the bill. Yeah, that, Eric that Adams. You write, Eric that you write, especially when you said that he's uh you know he's not treating us well. You know he came into this. He came in the next day after the press conference of the 19 people. The next after next week, he snuck in as well to do a private press conference with Kalmanega. Nobody knew about it. Again, my people knew everything, and I was snuck into the building. When the borough president saw me, called me over Heshi. I never met him before. He doesn't even know my name. Heshi, all of a sudden he knew how to call me Heshi. Not Mr. Tischler, not Tischler, but Heshi. Hello, Mr. Borough president, how are you? What's going on, what do you want? I said, I don't want anything. What I want is that you came in here without, you know, without anybody knowing, and I want to ask the first two questions, no questions asked, mm -hmm. and I want to be able to do the testing myself in my neighborhood with your help, and I'll show you how it's done correctly. The board president said, okay, did the first two questions, agreed to my terms. Walked the streets with Kalman Yeager in the middle of a pandemic in October, handing out masks and meeting people, going store to store. How come he's able to break the rules when they want? My point is you, they break the rules when they want. My job is not to let them. You have questions for me that I can't answer. Has she, has she calmed down? I agree with you. Everything you've said. Matter of fact, I'm willing to withdraw from the race right now and let somebody else do it. Do you have somebody better? Hey, you have five competitors against me. Choose one of them. If you believe that they're going to do for the Jewish community, forget my Jewish community, for all the communities, for the city better and not be another common Yeager or Simcha Eichenstein, Simcha Eichenstein gets up on, and I'll show you the video, the governor is bad and we're going to take away his power. He made a speech. Hmm. You think they ended up doing it? You think they ended up taking away his power of executive power? No. 
You think he made a speech? He looked great. Probably because he came into City Hall and he's like, oh, this is much more complicated than I thought. Exactly, because he's an idiot. Okay. I am not an idiot. Okay. I know how government works. Mm. I've been doing it a long time. Yeah. I'm not out for my own ego. I don't need to be speaker. I don't need to be mayor. I'm not looking after atheists. Carmen Yeager's term is up. He needs to go to the next position and get reelected. Eichenstein, for the next 30 years, he's 37 years old, wants to get reelected. Semcha Felder, who never anybody sees, keeps getting reelected because he doesn't cause any waves. What has he done for our community? Nothing. Mm. Actually, tell me what he's done. You're telling me deals and negotiations. Yes, he's helped a person here, he's helped a person there. He's got to do bigger things. Mm. And you know that the Senate threw him out because he switched sides. I mean, you can't keep doing that. You can't keep backstabbing your people for your own benefit. Mm -hmm. And that's what he does. That's what they all do. I plan on this time finding out of the 35 new councilmen, honorable people. And if I fail, I fail. At least I tried. Mm -hmm. Not trying? Right. So that's what I'm doing now. I'm 57. I'm tired. I'm retired. I'm going to either give up, go away with my wife of 31, 32 years by this September. Say, Linda, you're right. Let's walk on the beach. Let's play with the children and the Move grandchildren. The Never going to leave my city. You're no. talking, I built this house, my neighborhood, my community, my family. You're kidding me? I'm not giving up 30-something years because somebody's screwing me. Mm. I'm going to fight, and I'm a fighter. Mm. And I can continue to fight. You don't th well, By the way, uh, just a separate question. You don't think there's any point where the Jews may sh or should move out of New York City? Why? I don't know, the, See, the corruption old, or they old, locked, you, the locked old, you into a district for... How, how old are you? 25. Very nice. So your father is maybe in his 40s or 50s, and his father is in maybe his 70s or 80s. You have a grandfather that's alive? No. I'm sorry. My father's older, but okay. Okay. Makes no difference. My father was a Holocaust survivor with the numbers on his hand. Let me repeat that to you. I saw him cry with numbers on his hand. A powerful man. Died 13 years after I was born. His family was wiped out, 10 of them. Two sisters lived. One couldn't have children. She was operated on, one could. My mother, 10 out of the 12 survived. So I am a child of the Holocaust. I seen the pain and the rebuilding of their families. I saw the, the, the hate they had. They had to control to be religious. These people didn't have to be religious anymore, what, I went through, what they went through. I was upset that God punished me because I kept my mouth shut and went to jail. He was in a concentration camp. I will never, and my father was thrown out. He went back after the war. And again, the anti-Semitic stuff, and he picked himself up and left. One of my cousins who lived went back to find his old house, and they didn't want to let him in at the end. He says, all I do is I want to see it. You know, mm -hmm. They thought he'd take it back. My father wanted nothing to do with them. We ended up going back in 1969 when I was six years old because my father was all nervous about dying and he showed me Israel. I was climbing on the garbage in 69 between the old city and the new city just when they hmm. combined the cities in 67. So I saw how Israel was building. My family's been there since 45. I saw my father in Hungary till we found his mother's grave. His mother was the one who died right in the beginning of the war. So they were still able to bury her. The Hungarians really weren't tortured till the late of the war in the 1943-44. That's when my father lost his family. So we found his grave and the bitterness that he saw that was the only thing he was able to see was his own mother's grave, everybody else killed. On our gravestones of my aunts and my father, we have the dates and names 
because we don't know the dates they were killed, so we pick dates. I saw the pain of them being thrown out and taking everything away. I am the generation that knows it. You are a good boy and you might hear the stories of the Holocaust and have gone to the museums and you feel bad for us, but you don't know the pain. Mm. I've seen it, and not once, I've seen it from my cousins, the uncles, I was there in the 60s, the people rebuilding the stories I heard live. Mm. I have one cousin who actually made it to America, joined the American army, and then became a paratrooper and went back behind enemy lines to mm. kill the Nazis. So I know the stories firsthand. So if you appreciate the story so much, I'm not then, leaving. But why don't you take it as a sign? As a sign what? That, the that they're coming that after us again. Well, they're that, coming after us again. Or that they closed our district specifically. And so I'm maybe that's a sign for us to move, to move. out. And, and you know what? That's the problem. The Jews have been silent too long. I can't. I won't be. And my father came to this country, marched with the civil rights, and I've grown up to, to defend this country in any way I can. I am never, ever going to let them take away my rights. You're not forcing me out, because you force me out of here, you're forcing me out of Jersey, you're forcing me out of Connecticut. You're forcing me, you keep forcing me. I built this city. I'm one of our eight million people that built this city, built my business, gave thousands of jobs, fed my people, raised my children, supported my community, built my shuls, and now you're telling me leave? Because I'm scared? You know what? When they took me to jail, it was one, but I kept 60,000 people praying. You put me in jail again, I kept how many people out of trouble? Me. How many times have I seen abuse, women being tortured, men going to jail for no reason? I am not gonna do it. My yarmulke sits on my head. I'm a proud Jew, I'm a proud father, and I will defend my family, my neighbors, my community, my city, till the day of my last breath. And if people don't understand it, don't vote for me. Okay. Let's talk about broader politics for a second. Donald Trump. Love him. What else do you want me to say? Why? Donald Trump is a man of honor. Now, of course, you're going to say, well, he's crazy. He tweets in the middle of the night. Well, he, I'd he, say his personality is uh, very fitting for something like you. No, 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 no. Incorrect. Donald Trump is a billionaire. Mm. A man who's gotten anything he's wanted, when he's wanted, mm. how he's wanted, without any problems. And he's even though he's gone bankrupt here and there, but he's never really come down in the dumps. Mm. He's gone down to maybe a few million dollars, but he's never had the hardships of life. He's never really struggled. And look at him. He was able to get with the position he was to the presidency. And remember, you think it was overnight. They've been talking to him about presidency since 83, when he was on the Oprah Winfrey show and other shows, 85, 90, he talked, he's been talking about being president for over 20 something years. They've asked him and offered it to him. So it's not the first time he just jumped into the race and said, hi, hello. And remember, he was in the race a, a, a couple of years before right. and he jumped out of it. So the man is not, he tested the waters like me. I am not Donald Trump. I'm a local Jewish community activist. I only want to be councilman. I want to fight for my community, my neighbors, and represent my city. So you don't see a future in politics, is that what no, you're saying? No, no, no. You're all talking to I would run for governor only if nobody ran against Cuomo because I think it would be an interesting show because mm -hmm. everybody knows what he did to me. And if Mayor de Blasio jumps in the governor race, I would jump in just because everybody knows me in the black. I think it would be a funny thing. And it would be a great show. It would make me a lot of big audience. But other than that, no, my aspirations for the next eight years, because I'm 57, so it'll get me to 65, is to help my city back 
on its feet. Get every store, every restaurant, everybody back to work. Well, I'm, I'm sure as you know, Hashi, that every time you come into a situation, yeah, you'll fix the problems, but then there are always more problems that you can fix. And imagine, let's say you run for mayor, then you're talking about you know, expanding your the help that you're giving the community to just more people. And imagine how many more people you can help when you're a mayor. I'm just giving an argument as to why you wouldn't want a future office after being councilman. Because I believe the issues of me serving this community for the last 35 years were able to be solved on the lower level. My partner always used to tell me, Heshi, we're low profile. You're able to get this stuff done because you're able to go talk to them privately. Exactly. You're able to scream at them, but you're screaming at them not on the television screens. Right. So he says to me, this is how you do stuff. I said, you're right. And I was always vocal, but you know, I'm vocal in different ways. I said to him, but here's my deal. I'm doing it on the lower level because that's where the things get done. By the clerk's office, before you get to the mayor's office, before you get to the councilman, or the councilman to send a message to the mayor. As a city councilman, the power of the city is in the 51. You're right, the mayor's the boss. Just like the president was controlled by the Congress, mm -hmm. remember this, 400-something congressmen, 50-something mm. senators, 100-something senators. Mm. So these guys have to work together to beat the president. Right. Same thing here, and they did many times. Right. Same thing here. City council can override the mayor. But, and the city council are the people with the boots on the ground. The right. mayor doesn't know half the stuff going on. And he's not going to make many deals all the time. City council is where the city can be fixed. All the problems of every borough come to the city councilman, to the assemblyman, come to their representatives. I want to be city councilman because the 51 of us actually know what's on the ground. Mm. I know my community. I'm going to sit in my community. I'm going to hear my community. I'm going to talk to other 51, like as a rainbow coalition. Mm. I'm going to say, listen, guys, we the ones who can fix it. The mayor has the big budgets that he has to sign for and play games with. But right here is you know what each community needs. My community needs drug rehab centers. My community needs aftercare programs. What does your community need? Your community needs extra uh, 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 security at night. Your community needs extra special schools. We have the schools. You need also aftercare programs. You need postpartum depression. Let's work together mm -hmm. because the mayor doesn't care. We know where our homeless shelters go. He sends out the DHS to go put down and find locations. Why don't you come to us and we'll tell you where to put the homeless shelter. Mm -hmm. We'll tell you what kind of a center to run. We'll tell you the, 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 uh, the contractors to use. But again, they want to do it their way. Mm -hmm. So as a councilman, I believe it. If not, I'm ready to retire now instead of 65, but that was my plan. Eight years of councilman, I believe I can do changes. I don't want to be mayor. I think the you're mayor, a local, I would, you're I would a local man. I am. I've always been a local man. I've shopped in my stores. I've gone to my local places. I've dominated in my local schools. I'm not a big shot. Even when we had a house upstate, my son used to tell me, Dante, we could pray in little other places. I said, no, we go to the main place. We go with the people. We want to be part of the people. I'm sorry, I'm talking. No, Go ahead. no, no, exactly. Hey, you, you are I a local am, man. You're not a national. You're not trying to change the entire country. You're trying I'm to change a regular your guy. If the movement wants to start at something, I am. You see, you think you're sitting here like you're sitting with a star because I have a radio show or I'm, I become national. I don't have wings. I can't fly. I wish I could. I don't. Not special powers. I'm not an angel. I have the strength and the ability that God gave me and of 
40-something years of running my family since I'm 13. So I have the experience. That's what I want to be. I want to be you. I want to go home at night, sit with my wife, drink a cup of coffee, watch a little TV and enjoy it in peace and safety and make sure that my children don't get killed or raped or beaten and have a job and not arrested for no reason. You know, I used to work in the projects mm-hmm. and I had a lot of black guys working for me. And we t- I'm talking, we worked in the projects, in the toughest projects. I was stabbed once, and, you know, big guy, you couldn't put the knife all the way through. Mm-hmm. And I remember when the police used to come by, the guys used to run and put their hands on the, on the, on the, on the van. I said, what are you doing? You don't understand, Hashi. you gotta do it or they're gonna get us. I said, what are you talking about? The civil rights, the rights, the rules. No, you don't know it. I can't allow that. Mm. Whether you're black or Spanish, whatever, these are men that were working for me, carrying toilet bowls, stoves, working like dogs, and they were scared mm. in the middle of daylight of police. I'm a regular guy. I want my rights. I want to go home at night. I want to walk down the street. I want to look into a store without anybody screaming at me, without calling me a name or beating me up. Walking with my granddaughter into the park and putting her on the swing without every minute turning around that somebody's going to hurt me. Shootings in Times Square, shootings in the Bronx. Did you see what's going on lately? Yeah, last year we don't have a lot of crime. You locked us up. Go back two years ago. We were crazy. Come back now. Just here. Every day there's a shooting, murder, jumping, killing. I mean, Florida today, guys got out of their van and shot 25 people on the street. So you could, you wanted the new norm, the, what's it called, the reset? What's it called, what was that called? The reset, we're resetting the country? Build, build back better. Whatever, the point is, is it's not working. You shut us down and you thought you could fix it. You didn't, you had your four months to fix it. You had your six months, you didn't fix nothing. So what exactly would you do? Let's say if, uh, let's say Eric Adams comes to you after uh, November 4th or January 1st and says, COVID has come back, we need to relock down. You're lying, prove it, because it didn't happen the first time. And if all the other councilmen come along with that? They're stupid, and I'm gonna tell the people, look what your people are doing. See, we were, we were subjugated to false facts. Mm. We were fed lies. And we stood there and took it because we didn't know better. I've been screaming from day one that, you know, 650,000 people die every year of pneumonia mm. and the flu. I take the flu shot, the TB shot, the shingle shot every year. I took every vaccine, I volunteered in the hospital. How come I didn't get sick? I was on the street with masks, my wife, the kids, everybody. You got to take care of yourself. I take my Tylenol, my aspirin, my, my thing, but I took your vaccine anyways. My point is, is, you got to take care of yourself. You got to have the heat on. You got to dress warm in the winter. All of a sudden, this year, there were no flu, no pneumonia incidents. Explain to me why everything is cold. Well, everyone's wearing masks. Be- stop it. The masks did not stop it, did not From stop the pneumonia. Flu, the flu, which is a little less contagious. And what about COVID? So it couldn't stop COVID, COVID but it was, stopped. COVID was very contagious. Uh, so co- the mask didn't work with COVID. Well, it worked to an extent, I'd say. I'm telling you that it was the same thing and that COVID was fixable with hydrochloroquine, which you didn't let us use, uh, was fixable with so many other cures, and you had to fix them, and you had to have enough staff. You were understaffed, you tortured these people. You didn't take care of them correctly. Throwing them on a vent as they walked in is not an answer. Mm. You need medicine, steroids, uh, uh, um, uh, antibiotics, you need it. If you don't give it to them, they're going to die. And you know, they said, no, this is the cure. And they didn't know better. Now they know better because we, the people, 
have done the research. Right. I, I, the, my point of the question is that uh, it just sounds a lot like you have a lot of plans and you are very ambitious in the city, but again, you're running to be a politician. What or how are you going to negotiate? How are you going to make deals? I don't know. If you're going to be calling Eric Adams a, a liar or you're going to be calling all the councilmen corrupt. But I'm not going to be, I'm, I don't go in just, you think I'm going to blabber, blabber. You think, you think Trump blabbered. Trump came out there with facts all the time. Trump said what he had to say mm. and he wasn't scared. When a reporter questioned him, he said, why are you embarrassing me? Why are you making up stories? You're lying. He said it to them. Mm. I mean, did you ever watch CNN and Fox? Really watch them at the same hour, the same time. Two reporters here, two reporters there talking about the same subject and two different versions. Right. Doesn't make sense. Mm. So listen to me. I'm going to talk, I'm 57 years old, I'm educated, I'm not a dumbbell from the streets. Maybe because you hear me scream and talk, you think I'm a street guy, which I am a street guy. Mm. I grew up on the streets, but I'm educated, my Listen, family's you're educated. You're tough, you have your opinion, and you, and you, and and you have a lot of people there's who There's one thing you're going to owe, there's one promise I've been making running for political office. One. I've not made a hundred others. Yes, all the programs I want to do, but here's what I promised. I will never lie. That's it. Never lie. You catch me screwing up, screw it up. What do you want me to tell you? Nothing else. There's nothing else for me to tell you. And I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to make sure that people hear the truth. And if the other members lie to them, you're going to hear it. You decide on the next election. Remember, this time there's only two years hmm. between elections. So these city council people better get their acts together. Because I'm going to tell everybody they won't have four years. So they better get their act together the first year. And the second year, they're going to be running for office again. So they better be ready because they'll be out of office. So there's no time for them to play games. This next city council is going to be such a powerful and, and, and accomplishing council. Or zero accomplishing, and then we should all be fired. At least I will fire myself. Okay. Well, thank you for the time. I really appreciate it. I talked a lot. I'm sorry. No, it's good. Uh, we got it all out. We got your plan out. And uh, you make it sound like you're a fighter. You're ready. Been, it's not like I'm a fighter. I've been doing this for mm. 35 years. It's not, it's not something now new. Now you're going you're gonna to take it citywide. I, I hope. I hope. I hope. I hope. I pray. I'm sorry. That I, remember, I'm a religious Jew. So I do pray every day for others. The, 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 if, if there's a prayer in Chimanesra. Uh, where you say something for some, you know, you're supposed to ask Hashem for anything you, you want. And if you don't ask for yourself, but you ask for others, then you, it gets reflected back on you. I always pray for the others. Because I know what the others need, also I need. And I'm hoping they get it. I'm hoping they get better. I'm hoping they get more successful. I'm hoping they get jobs. I'm hoping they don't get thrown out of their homes. I'm hoping they don't lose everything at the end of the week when they need $256 for their grocery bill and diapers. They're able to get it and not struggle and cry or walk around with holes in their shoes. I've done it all. It's all happened to me. So I believe in God. I believe he has a mission for me. I believe he spoke to me on this. And I believe he'll guide me correctly. That's it. Amen. Thank you.